Hi, I'm Ashley, and you are listening and watching Confidence in Coffee. What if I was to tell you that you can find confidence despite any of your circumstances, good or bad? I'm going to help you navigate the waters of womanhood, whatever season that is in, whether it's marriage, singleness, or you're drowning in children. I'm going to help you find confidence and hope through Christ. I'm going to leave you with plenty of encouragement and practical tips to overcome those limiting beliefs so you can live a life well. Plus, (laughs) you know we're going to find a few laughs along the way. So grab your favorite cup of coffee and join me as we chat confidence and coffee. Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. Welcome to Confidence and Coffee. I'm Ashley. I'm your host. If you're new here, I need you to hit the subscribe button. That's right. Hit it right now. Go right now if you're listening on YouTube. If you are listening on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, then it is so, so vital and so important if you leave a rating and a review because it gets to more people. But I am really, really excited about today's topic. This is truly, truly so close to my heart, not only because I struggled with it, but also because... I just know how many other people are struggling with it. Uh, It literally is why I do what I do. And today we are going to be talking about the call out culture and why call out culture is toxic. If you're on TikTok or any form of social media, you've probably seen it before where another Christian, because that's specifically who I want to talk to, is calling out another Christian. And they think it's biblical. In their hearts, they think they're doing the right thing. They think that calling this person out for wrong teachings or for the way they live a lifestyle, the way they dress, um, something they interpreted uh, is wrong. And that is not what Jesus called us to. Jesus didn't call us to call anybody out, but to call people up to comfort them. And we are going to look through the Bible. I've got my Bible with me today um, because I really want this to be just a really cool setting. I want this to be a setting where you're truly able to receive. That's how much it, it means to me. And as I was thinking about what I wanted to touch on about this culture and about this issue within the body of Christ, I thought of Job. And I thought when Job lost his life, basically, he lost his family, he lost his kids, he lost his land, he had three friends come and see him. And these friends, their their initial uh, agenda, their initial goal was to comfort Job. It was to bring him encouragement. But that's not what they brought him. They judged him. They literally said, hey you deserve this. You deserve everything that happened to you. You must have sinned because your life sucks. And do you think if someone came to you, right? If you were dealing with even just a remotely little things that Job dealt with, do you think that that kind of comfort is going to make you feel better? Is going to make you want to draw closer to God? Do you think that it's going to somehow that is it. That's the problem. Yeah. So, you know, that's now I feel I, a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. No. And that's why people are walking away from the church. 
because we are not protecting, comforting the body of Christ. We're ripping it apart within the church. And that is, the devil loves it. He loves this division because if we get a body of Christ together, the power in that is amazing. And the glory that God gets is phenomenal because people see a reflection of Jesus through you. And if they see that all you're doing is calling someone else out, let me know. Write it in the comments right now. How is calling someone out? If somebody doesn't know Jesus and that's what they see in you, how is that going to bring them to Christ? It's not. That doesn't bring them to Jesus. They think, whoa, a lot of do's and don'ts. I don't want any part of that. I'm too unqualified for that. I literally struggle with that, what that person is calling them out for. It angers me, righteously angers me when I see the body of Christ attack each other. It And we throw two names out that are so, it's a terrible accusation to make on somebody. And we like to throw out the name Jezebel and we like to throw out the, main, the name false prophet, false prophet, false teacher, Jezebel. Because somebody made a judgment based off an outwardly understanding of what someone was doing. So we're going to talk about that. Okay. So first, I want to talk about the friend. I want to talk about Job. And I want to talk about Job's response because it was really, really great. And I want you guys to be able to receive this today. Because when I tell you it's good, it's good. Okay? Okay. So Job is hearing from his friends and two of his friends leave. They, you know, they're done. They've already ripped into him, but then one stays. And this friend, he starts off pretty good. I mean, he starts off, you know, doing good, but then he goes into this whole like advice of what Job needs to do and what he must have done and just trying to fix the problem, but just making it worse. And Job's response is really, truly phenomenal. And so this is what I want you to read in Job 16. So in Job 15, we talk about his friends and we talk about how he is just like ripping into Job, naming out all the things that he's done wrong. And uh, Job answered like this in chapter 16. He replies to um, the friend's name is Eliphaz, Eliphaz. I have heard many things like this. You are miserable comforters. Miserable comforters. Stay with me. Is there no end to your empty words? If you were in my place, I could also talk like you. I could string words together against you and shake my head at you and said, I would encourage you with my mouth and the consolation of my lips would bring relief. Do you think Job was feeling relief by ripping into them? He called them out as they were. Are we going to choose criticism or comfort when we go to somebody and we're trying to minister to them? I've asked this question many, many times on social media. And you'll get a lot of these answers if you were to deal with this. And it's, well, I'm, I'm righteously judging them. I, I need to use discernment. We need to call out the false teachers. Who are you? What kind of gift do you have to sit there and accuse somebody of false judgment because or false teaching? Because here's, here's what I want you to know. 
And this was a study of mine in one of my devotionals. I love it. It's by Lisa Harper Life, and I want to give her complete credit here. And it was really confirming of why I needed to talk on this subject. Okay. I want you guys to, I'm going to challenge you to go read Job again, but write down Galatians 6, 1 through 3. Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourself so that you won't be tempted, carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So much to unpack in this verse. First off, let's unpack the fact that if you're spiritual, spiritual means you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. If you become a Christian, you are spiritual. You have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And then restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourself so that you won't be tempted. Gentle spirit is empathy. It's compassion. Even if you don't understand, I always tell people, and I actually learned this in my uh, like home at class, like in high school, my business class, and I and I'll and it stuck with me. And it was this: if you don't understand what someone is going through, and you don't know how to respond to them, the best response you can give them is saying nothing, or if you want to say something, it's saying I can't even begin to imagine what that feels like. I can't even begin to imagine what you're going through. Okay. It's not to rip apart or analyze or figure out their problems. It's just to be there gently with them because it's not your job to fix them. It's God's job. It's our job to be vessels of gentleness and kindness and goodness. So let's continue to move on. So yourselves won't be tempted. Okay. So let's unpack that. Boundaries. You can be with people. You can be around people. You can help people. You can pray for people that are unhealthy within boundaries. You create boundaries in your life. And we like to mistake, and I've talked about this, what's a bad boundary from a good boundary? A bad boundary is walls up and you're not letting anyone in and no one's coming in for you. And a good boundary is is truly like not letting it affect you so much, but being able to feel with them, empathize with them, uh, be compassionate with them, but but not let them in on so many personal things within your life, but be able to be with them. Like create an environment that they feel safe in, but on there's an outside perimeter where maybe that's your place where you need to be like, oh, right? And you don't want to let them into that place, whether that's your you're with your spouse in your house, you know, you have to discern that you have to pray for that because you don't want to be tempted to judge them. You don't want to be tempted to, uh, assume anything about them or fall into a negative outlook of them or gossip about them. You know what I'm saying? Like those things can be temptations for sin when we're dealing with people who are hurting. So this is what I want to give Lisa um, Harper some credit for, because it was phenomenal when I read it. A young Christian recently asked me, what's the difference between seeing sin in someone else's life and simply confronting it it, versus having a critical spirit? I told her I thought the key distinction between recognizing and confronting behavior that's ungodly in someone else and passing judgment on others is the posture of our own hearts. Are we aware of other people's mistakes as the moral police? 
so as to justify examining blemishes in everyone else's life and behavior. Because as ambassadors of Christ, part of our job description is to help restore prodigals into a redemptive relationship with him. And that's in 1 Corinthians 5, 11 through 12. So are you the moral police and you feel like you can justify examining someone's motives from an outside perspective? Or are you Christ's ambassador? And you come to them gently. And she names an example here, right? So listen, and you try not to elevate ourselves. We we try not to elevate ourselves by exposing other people's flaws. Social media, baby. People get on those platforms and they call out teachers because they're exalting themselves. Jesus warns us about this. He says in Galatians that we just read, for if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. You are not to call out anyone. You are not the moral police and you are not better than someone who could be struggling with something. Now, I want you to chew on that for a minute. Though the confrontational conversation can look mighty similar in terms of the exact words exchanged, God knows our real motive. Either we are trying to tear someone down for the sake of feeling better about ourselves, or we are trying to build another person up for the sake for their good. Maybe you struggle with that. My heart goes out to you because it's unintentional. Job's friends were trying to help him. And they weren't on it. They weren't intentionally trying to hurt him. They genuinely were like, we want to help you. They loved Job. And Job knew that. And maybe the person that you're trying to help you love them. Your intentions are not to hurt them, but you really genuinely need to go in prayer and question your motives. Question your stance, your position in their life. Have they let you in to help them with that issue that you may see from an outside perspective? Have they given you the permission to talk about that? Or did you take it upon yourself and just decide that's the problem? We do that in marriage. We like to point out each other's flaws rather than speak good into each other. And it causes divorce. Now, I want to read this verse, Matthew 18, 15 through 17. If your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault. This is the way to handle these kind of situations. And I've talked about it on TikTok. Between you and him alone, if he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he won't listen, take one or two others with you, so that by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact might be established. If he doesn't pay attention to them, tell the church. If he doesn't pay attention even to the church, let him be a Gentile and a tax collector to you. Cut him off. There is a process in helping someone. Those are boundaries right there. That's God talking about boundaries. You go to them one-on-one. Then you take other two people that they may know that may be in the church, that you guys are all interconnected. Then you tell the church, your pastors, the leaders, so they can deal with this person. And if they still don't listen, then you cut them off. You did everything you can. You wipe your hands of them. Because you can sin by judging them. You can sin if you stay too long trying to fix them. It's dangerous. Now, I'm going to finish reading this, which at first pass sounds pretty 
punitive unless we pause long enough to remember how Jesus actually dealt with tax collectors and Gentiles in the gospel. So this is where we're going to talk about the cutting off, the treating them like a Gentile or a tax collector. Okay. You know how Jesus treated them, how he saw them? He loved them. He loved them. Therefore, while some Christians and communities of faith use the above passage to justify disciplinary consequences for those who stopped over, stepped over a whopper of a line, like having an extramarital affair or slandering, slandering another believer. And the New Testament does include teaching and templates for how believers should be held accountable. By church leadership, I think it behooves us to focus on the restorative grace implied by Jesus in the above passage. Of course, we need perimeters in place to help identify, prevent, and to recessify wanton sinful behavior in our communities of faith. But perhaps even more importantly, we must remember Jesus' aim is to restore wayward souls back to the way of life, not beat the bad out of them. I've been confronted twice and she talks about how she was confronted twice by Christians and she names the difference. One came from a red faced stranger who was furious with me for wearing knee high leather boots and a skirt, which came to well below my knees for her church. She actually called me a Jezebel and said, God would not bless me unless I started dressing more appropriately. Thank goodness. I hadn't ridden my motorcycle to her house of worship because then I would have been in leather pants (laughs) and she would have likely had me stoned. The second confrontation came from a good friend who tenderly pointed out my pride in a specific situation she had been involved in. That confrontation included tears, hers, because my friend was much more concerned about my restoration than about me being right or about her being right. The name-calling lady had no redemptive effect, but my friend's compassionate correction turned me back towards the forgiving arms of our Heavenly Father in genuine repentance. And that right there is the difference. As Christ followers, we got to recognize that God alone has the perfect combination of holiness and mercy to stand in judgment of the human heart. Plus, we have to remember the only one worthy of condemning us chose instead to pay for our wrongdoings himself. And he pardoned us. In light of our own sinner saved by grace stories, and only when the Holy Spirit impresses us to address someone else's error, we'll do so with honesty, compassion, and humility. The bottom line is this. If you're feeling giddy about catching someone else red-handed and you have several confrontation speech options saved on your laptop, You probably ought to put them away and shut up your mouth for now. You guys, we've got to do better. Is your goal comfort for someone or criticism? Do you want to restore a relationship or help them restore their relationship with Christ? Or do you want to resent them? This is the issue with a calling out culture. Are we calling out or are we comforting? 
Are we comforting or are we criticizing? Are we restoring or are we resentful? All of us need to check our hearts. All of us. Because it is more vital now than ever before to love one another, to be together. Because there truly are people out there hurting and dying. And you are so focused. We are so focused. There's Christians out there that are so focused on calling someone else out for an outwardly criticism. And they're missing the lost girl over there who was raped or had childhood trauma and needs your testimony to show them that there's transformation. Where are you spending your time today? I love you guys. I hope this was helpful. I hope it was that you were able to receive it today. And if you believe, don't send this to a friend. <laughs> don't send this to a friend where it's like they're totally judgmental. Let me send this to them. Because then that that's not good motive, right? Listen with them. If you if you genuinely know somebody that does this, ask them to listen to it with you. Say, oh my gosh, you have to listen to this podcast with me. You know, share in that. Discuss it afterwards. Okay. Or maybe you know somebody, but the relationship isn't tight enough. Uh, you know them from social media. Pray for that person. Pray that God shows them and they repent and they get back on track helping the lost. Be the change. Don't wait for it. I love you guys. And I will see you next Tuesday on Confidence and Coffee. Did you enjoy that? I'd love to see you over at ashleyhammond.com where you can subscribe to this podcast and channel on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And while you're at it, I'd love to see the value that you found in Confidence and Coffee. So drop the ratings, the reviews, and the comments. Plus subscribe to this channel and tell a friend too. Make sure you tune in next time on Confidence and Coffee.